Conversations from the front lines of recruiting. This is Hireside Chats. Join us as we delve into the world of recruitment and explore the latest trends, challenges, opportunities, and insights from the best in the business. Get inspired by industry veterans and discover the secrets to building powerful talent functions from their experiences. Whether you're a CEO, a seasoned HR professional, a growing business looking to scale, or someone just starting in the field, there's something for everyone. Ready for the ultimate recruitment power-up? Let's go! Hello, this is your host, Sadji, and welcome to another episode of Hireside Chats, a Diamond Peak exclusive podcast that brings together insights, news, and views on the front lines of recruiting. As AI takes center stage in most conversations worldwide, we dive a little deeper to explore the impact of AI and AI-powered recruitment in the ITES industry and what the future holds. As the world becomes more digitized and as industries become more smarter, ITES companies must keep pace with process complexity and accelerating innovations. The role of artificial intelligence in recruitment is not just a trend, but a transformative force. The combination of advanced technologies and the demand for top talent has created a landscape where traditional recruitment methods are giving way to more efficient, data-centric and data-driven approaches. In today's episode, we will dive deep into the fascinating world of AI and its impact on the ITES recruitment landscape. Join us as we explore an exciting intersection of AI and recruiting and what these changes mean for the ITES sector and the trends and innovations that that will shape the industry for the years to come. I'm very happy and pleased to introduce Swaminathan R, Chief People Officer at WNS Global Services. Swami is a seasoned HR professional with a robust background in talent strategy and processes. Renowned for his data-oriented approach, Swami brings a wealth of experience that extends across operations and sales. He's a certified change acceleration coach and a Six Sigma practitioner. Join us as he shares his insights and expertise on today's topic. Welcome to Chad Swami. Thanks, Sadish. Thanks for having me here. So let's quickly start by understanding the landscape, especially on the topic that we are talking about, uh, the ITES landscape in particular. So if there is one industry where the AI fits in naturally, I would presume it is uh, the ITES sector. So one of the things that we want to hear from you is your perspectives about how the recent advancements in the AI landscape is reshaping the IT industry. And if you can also tell us about some of the recent technological advancements in AI, how it has impacted the recruiting industry as a whole, based on your experience as well. Yeah, so typically IT years means IT enables services, right? The old norm. The industry earlier transitioned into business process management. Now, if you ask us, we do more of business process transformation. So we know more end up doing a customer's front middle office. We re-architect, re-imagine how the new world order will exist in terms of how the process should be there to suit the end customer. Whoever that may be, it can be a finance organization, it can be somebody like you booking a ticket, what kind of experience you want, and then you re-architect the customer journey. So we typically end up doing more of business process transformation right now, rather than enabling an IT process. That was the earlier architecture where the industry classified as it's an IT-enabled services. So it's right? PPT You know, no nomenclature, but predominant amount of business we are engaging right now is going through transformation of front office, middle office, and back office 
completely different from what it was being taught earlier. The earlier model was lift and shift. You do UMS for less, right? We had labor arbitrage. So we operated out of countries where, you know, there was a weaker currency where the spend was happening and there was a stronger currency where revenue was being earned. Right. Right. Now, because of all the influence of AI, all the influence of digital at a broader sense than AI, it's imperative to do the transformation at your customer end. So the labor arbitrage as a model will cease to exist at some point of time. So from arbitrage, you need to have capability, right? And AI will enable that capability in our overall architecture. Correct. So that's how the industry is transforming. And, and typically, if you see, your gut might say that we probably need more of technology people. Counterintuitively, we believe AI will reduce the dependence on technology, will allow an a normal resource to operate in a high-tech environment because there is an intelligence that is enabling the tech and there is a human who is enabling the process. Okay. Right? So, probably when you go deeper, the impact of it is still not very much understood. Mm -hmm. The rhetoric is still, it's going to make a lot of jobs go yeah, away. But the coexistence is where probably most companies need to work for because AI, AI has been existing for 20 years. Right? Generative AI is new, right? GPT is new, but it still will have some inherent biases. You need a human to intervene there. And typically, you know, we'll talk later into the program how a process transfer of a GPT earlier exists behind a human. It probably can be put ahead of a human. Okay. So that your quality of job a human would do is probably be more enhanced than what it was earlier. Okay. Right? And the same case can be deployed on the recruitment scene. Sourcing is one area where we believe this can do a lot of transformation because a lot of effort goes to sourcing. And also in our industry, if you see, a resume is not a very big tool. Mm -hmm. People don't write resumes. Most resumes are standard. I can speak well or somebody can write that I knew this process well. Right. So the resume industry has also not leaned towards helping a business process transformation person to reflect his capability right in writing. So the application of AI, let's say, for example, if the text mining AI to go through a resume and give you insights mm -hmm. is very limited because there's no content in the resume. Correct. Now, here basically where conversational AI can help. And that's where a generative AI, conversational AI that can talk to multiple people, understand what they do and rewrite that as a resume that can be used later is a snippet of an example where this can transform day-to-day -day life of a recruiting ecosystem. Perfect. So how should the recruiter community react to this because there are two sides that I've heard from the recruiter community. One, people are very happy with new technology coming in and their adoption is faster. There is another school of thoughts from the recruitment community which says AI is just another technology and it is inherently biased. So it can never replace another human being. So there is some amount of pushback from the recruitment community. Are you seeing that happen based on your observation and experience? So naturally it should happen because when you don't know about something, you probably need to be scared about it, mm -hmm. right? The problem in the world overall is nobody applies themselves into how this is really going to impact my life. In a broader sense, you have a machine that's going to do probably 10x more work and does not eat food, does not eat break, does not eat anything. It's just going to go keep doing repetitive tasks without asking for a hike, without asking for motivation. You know, the whole thing is going to, you know, profess that way. I think the entire industry that we've not really, really made an impact is how do we ensure good quality of resource at an operating level? We've never tried to take that as a benchmark. We don't have measures to explain that. 
we don't do success profiling we do a lot of focus on leadership hiring mm-hmm. we do a lot of focus on managerial hiring that you get the good talent but at an operating level it's always been called as mass hire at scale the presumption is iq will get averaged out right. now here is where a recruiter can make a phenomenal impact if we are able to take the whole load of transaction she or he is a part of and they are allowed to assess and select more people who fit their industry rather than selecting anybody who walks there so i think if you are able to reposition this as a value add for a recruiter and the problem stems in a different level because look we don't have a career pathing for a recruiter the problem is the recruiter career path is to become a chro it can never happen right all the recruiters want to transition into hr right in my overall experience recruitment people struggle in hr because hr job is a choice architecture job you probably say more no than yes it, it has a different level of complexity whereas recruitment has only complication <laughs> now now you have to make that journey of a recruiter into somebody who probably can select the best talent at a large generic level and that can be hugely impactful for the organization and that's where you should leverage that you should understand how this is going to make the life of the person who is using any tool to be better for him or her to be more productive him or her to explore a different frontier mm-hmm. develop their capability and it's the job of the leader of the team to position that okay. so until we do that they are always going to resist because suddenly everything is being positioned as a threat that this will take your job nobody is explaining to the person that what will you do if your primary 70% of your work which is task oriented goes away mm-hmm. does she or he have the capability what are you doing on the capability building i think it's a miss from the leadership side mm-hmm. in not engaging him in that thing other than because typically a recruiter question is what's your productivity for a month how many resume you sourced how many closures you did what's your offer to joint ratio right these are tactical measures right we've never asked a question to a recruiter that hey tell me how many you know out of the 100 guys whom you recruited last day how many of them shined well how many of them were able to create an impact why don't you go choose somebody who has done well and bring that construct into your selection and if every recruiter can increase that by even 20% that is somebody by chance hires 10 good guys and even if they make it 20 right it's a 100% improvement in his exposure to find the right talent and that quality of conversation should make her or him better that repurposing we are not doing understand so it will be seen as a threat until you consciously sit with them put a program put a framework and show them the light at the end of the tunnel that this is going to be better for you they will not allow it to happen understand so thanks for that swami Let's take a step back. You spoke about how business process transformation is impacted using generative AI. Now, for our listeners, not everybody would be from, let's say, the technology industry. So, without it sounding Greek and Latin to them, can you give a very practical example of how, let's say, generative AI is impacting or transforming a business process in very simple terms? Tell you a simple example. All of us travel. right you typically want to go from chennai to mumbai you want to stay in a hotel you want to experience four or five things a typically let's say when you call a make my trip for example or call any of these aggregators there is a human on the other side who's helping you mm-hmm. that human will have to search right the human will have to say that okay satish is probably a high net worth individual would probably want to optimize on the short of room and at this age profile probably he has grown up children mm-hmm. so he might be okay taking a early morning flight 
he might want a hotel that's probably allows early check-in. Mm-hmm. His probable interest at this profile will be to be in south of Bombay, not central of Mumbai, mm-hmm. right? Now, this intelligence has to be searched by an agent by speaking with you. Okay. Right? Now, typically, there is a generative AI that has profiled Satish equivalent in the past and gives and pop-ups a window that, okay, somebody who's of this age profile, probably, most probably, one, two, three options should fit. Mm. Your customer experience will be fantastic because the person on the other side, Swami, who's your, you know, your, who's your conversational partner from the aggregator, says that, hey, Mr. Satish, you know what, you're going to bomb me. You know, probably you guys will like, you know, seeing this, this, this part. You know, probably the flights are cheaper early in the morning. Since you are traveling, it brings down the cost. Use that money to stay in a hotel, right? And this hotel is on this deal. They allow early check-in, right? You know, so that completely transforms your experience, right? And you're going to be wedded to that aggregator for life because somebody solved it for you very precisely, right? To your need. Okay. Imagine multiplicity of conversation in this arena. It's going to help the aggregator get, next time you're not going to call any other person, right? right. You want to call them, say, because they solve it to a level. Right. That's the power of generative conversation. Correct. Right? Because this model is going to run through and it's self-learning, right? So when that happens, right, it's going to be a different customer experience. And the person on the other side is learning things far better, mm-hmm. right? When they learn things far better, they probably can elevate the conversation next time because in their mind, they are also learning. Right. So I think just I'm trying to make this very simple, simple. but then, this is how it can impact and extend this to any industry. Got it. Now, let's talk a little bit on the supply side of the equation. Now, obviously, for all of these new technologies, you need talent. Is the talent transforming at the same pace that the industry needs such people? And if yes, what are some of the trends that you're observing there? If no, what are companies doing to combat this challenge? So look, if I take specifically of AI and generative AI, right? There are going to be two kinds of talent you need. One that is going to build intelligent models to solve. Now that talent should know how to work on a large language model, build an internal AI engine that is custom suiting your need. And that probably will come under the high tech spec. Then there is a set of people whom you would need who need to coexist in a generative AI environment. Okay. Now, typically two sets of people are useful in our industry at large. A set of people who are, for a lack of better term, from a domain. That somebody knows insurance claims end to end. And we do a claim process, they'll be able to understand the value chain between a first notification of loss to a settlement of a claim. Right? Now, that talent did not go through a lot of transformation. Okay. But basically at down level, there'll be operating level people mm-hmm. who are going to manage volume and load. For them, they need a slight change on how to operate on a multi-tenanted system. Right right now, they probably are looking through a custom ecosystem. Now, they'll have an input from LLM. So, basically, it's going to help them become, for a lack of better term, a super agent better okay. in our industry. So, we have to have three access. You have to have a domain access. You have to have a process access. You have to have a technology access. Right? You know, speed like three verticals in like a grass. Okay. Right? Now, and you have to access for every job, what do you need more or less? You need more domain, you need less technology, you need more process. You need more process, you need less technology, you need more of domain. Once you understand this and probably give a score to every job, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of a better term, you say domain process technology score is 80 out of 100. You know, that means something. So the main important point is the bigger worry in the industry. You know, nobody is applying themselves to this problem. Okay. Look, our industry always runs on a change. We ought to like to go faster without thinking. 
once you sit and apply the problem probably my guess is it will reduce the technology requirement completely mm-hmm. and probably you can go tell people that be more stronger on domain because technology you just cannot compete because ai is going to solve the technology, solve the technology problem you be more expertise to understand how the future insurance claim process is going to look like how an end customer will get a claim settled much more faster okay because there is a drone going to take a picture there is an ai bot that's going to process the claim there is an automated repair guy that's going to repair your car the ecosystem is completely different than what it did yesterday so you need more of domain to imagine the future cross so i i don't think there is a straightforward answer to this i think those set of organization which take it very seriously do a boring job of detailing them understand how it is going to modify every most recruiter hated or hr hated job description but creating a job spec and a job description which are very detailed and hiring to that will probably understand what is your talent requirement the problem is nobody knows what is the talent we are hiring when the digital came the biggest problem the biggest advantage happened to those set of guys who are doing quality earlier they called them as digital transformation they got paid like 50% more it was not a different talent they transformed like calvin and forbes into something different right the same thing should not happen here you should apply yourself on how it is going to impact your industry and then go a bit of detail into that probably you solve it then. okay a related question uh, swami so i presume a bulk of your supply today comes from let's say entry level talent where you pick up people from campuses train them make them uh, industry ready and then start putting them in each of these processes that you were mentioning so are there any specific tips you want to give kids of kids who are studying in uh, these campuses how can they be industry ready over the next 2 to 3 years Yeah. So first thing, no. The most of our industry don't lend themselves to campuses at all. So typically, at least in India, typically if you see most of our peak volume of our business happens before the holiday season, and that's not the supply point for any campus. The supply comes in May. May, correct. Right. My peak load happens in October, and we are an industry that will carry a huge bench. We need ready talent, and our average. training to get somebody productive will range anywhere from 8 weeks to 16 weeks mm-hmm. now what really helps for somebody to be ready for the talent this first thing is learnability and the second thing is that if they can get themselves exposed to a certain domain and get specialism done which is far more better than being general somebody has to choose because look, the horizontals are very clear if you are a finance you study bcom you study mcoms you do icwa that's very specific to the job but you can tomorrow choose that you want to have a career in retail finance you want to have a career with music finance loyalty management is a completely different accounting okay right interlining in airlines is a completely different accounting look the labor markets have not oriented themselves to any specifics they are still producing mass education by product which is like a bachelor's in commerce does it make anything because it doesn't make any difference yes right if they are able to repurpose themselves by and there are a lot of courses that are available and say that if they like airline as an industry and if they get to know everything about airline in a course mm-hmm. everything about airline even for information and they are able to talk about it and they want to be a part of that industry okay that will get them more employable than even education is what i believe choose a domain where you want to be right because the world is already going getting into very specialist kind of a model so look satish you and i won't get jobs now yes if we get out right because we are all generalist right we grew up in that era even somebody coming into hr should specialize that i want to be a recruiter mm-hmm. and how can i be the best recruiter in the world i want to be an hr business partner how i can be the best hr business partner in the world i want to be a cnp even hr will transform we probably will have comp- the coe demand far more higher mm-hmm. 
than Jarlecha. So are you saying it's the end of the road for the, let's say, the junior Swamis and the junior Satishas that are already existing in these organizations and people who are, you know, willing to invest and, and upgrade or upskill themselves? So my question is, what is it that companies can do to upskill this huge bunch of people that are out there already working in various processes and, and how can they upskill themselves to, to become ready, industry ready? Right. So typically the world has already now trading off experience for intelligence. So just because you have more experience, it will seem no value to the world anymore. So you have to get into that because probably somebody with a seven year of experience is more capable to handle the variances in the environment than you are. You are not in that zone. So correct. We probably are better off handling complexity. That means today morning there is a different variable. Tomorrow morning there is a different variable. We can handle that. That's where experience comes in. And experience-based jobs are going to be very minimal because because our average working age is going up. Mm-hmm. Probably we both will retire 20 years from. That means we want to hold some position of relevance for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It might not pay us that much at what it paid before, but we will hold those spaces. And those spaces are not going to be following a mathematical progression of geometric progression. That's one is to one. There are only one CHRO for a $5 billion company. There are no 20 CHRO. Right? Now, the plethora of jobs are going to happen only in specialist. Compensation will get federated. The company will not have one total reward manager. The company will say, my, my total reward manager for my finance team should be very specific to finance team than somebody who is managing for HR. You probably need 20 CNB specialists. You probably need 20 leadership hiring specialists. You probably need 20 organization effectiveness guys. That's where the demand is going to get generated. It's not going to get generated at leadership level. And they're going to manage more complication than complexity. Because the world will become more streamlined. It's like living in the US versus living in India, right? Here you need to manage everything, traffic, plan and other things. US, you know, it's 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Correct. Right? Now, if that becomes simple, you have to ask you a question, why should somebody pay you that money? Most of our HR business partners try and do HR business partnering, but they are actually doing customer service. Now, why do you need somebody to do customer service, to arrange for town hall, to give coffee with current kind of a thing, right? We don't need those profiles anymore. Correct. So, the, if you are a generalist, probably in five years, be sure that you might not have a job. You need to get very special, you know, with at least one hyper-specialization. Got it. And that's very important. It's my personal view. Thanks for that perspective, Swami. So, one last question before we... Go into the rapid fire round. So how do you see India preparing itself for this AI challenge or the whole generative AI uh, space? Do you think India is preparing itself again, not necessarily from a demand side or from a supply side, but as a country in your experience? So look, if you honestly ask me, most governments will put a lot of constraint on these kind of changes. Mm-hmm. Who's the largest employer in your country? Which is the government. What does government do? They do process management. They move one point to another point. They're typically supply chain solutions of different order. You get a passport, you get tax, you get PAN card. These are all processes. Mm -hmm. Right? Now suddenly, will this take away all the jobs? It might take away all the jobs. Mm -hmm. Right? Because this is very intelligent. It is learning at a pace that you and I can't even imagine. So there's going to be a lot of regulations on the AI side as what I see. Right? To make it more compatible with human existence. And look, are individuals of phenomena. India simply skipped a PC generation. We moved from paper to mobile straight away. Straight away. Right? We missed a complete generation of PC, which all the other countries followed. Your fintech is of a different world order here. You know, your, your payment, digital, uh, digital payment ecosystem is probably the best in the world. Correct. And people have adapted to it. 
my maid can use a Paytm and do transaction. Right? Nobody taught her. Right? She never had touched the PC in her life. She never went to a green room in the school and operated computer. She can download an app. She can go to YouTube. She can do everything. Right? These are digitally very native set of people. Right? And the next generation of people will be far more digitally. I think we'll be ready for it. We'll be the largest consumer how to use it. Right? The brick and mortar jobs, probably an AI cannot solve. How many robotic process automation you can bring into a system. We'll still have a large labor force. It might transform agriculture to give better yield. So farmers can get richer. So economically, if moderate, it will be a great story. And I think people are smart enough in native intelligence to adapt for it. Typically, Indian goes into a bathroom. He opens a blue tap, red tap, he doesn't get hot water. He probably will open the blue tap to see whether Check the hot water is coming. Right? That's native intelligence. Right? Native intelligence is very high in Apple. So that will help surpass any challenges. Look, we also see a saw through the Y2K. We saw through digital. We saw through the... Subprime, we, we've seen through COVID, right, which is again very, very tough. We came out very well out of COVID. So, and also if you study a lot, India always comes better out of crisis. If it's slowly seeping in, we might find it difficult. But imagine this gives you a better access to health record. This gives you a better access to information about people. You know, Aadhaar gets more intelligent. It's only going to help us. Brilliant. So now let's quickly jump to the rapid fire question. Again, short answers and candid responses is what we expect from you, Swami. So there's been a lot of debate on the 70 hour work week and with Gen AI and, and all of that and the, the Gen Z population, what is your view on it? It's a very obsolete theory to make people work for 70 hours. Okay. Right. You just have to measure people on outcome. But if they are on a time and effort basis, then somebody cannot work 70 hours. They can't be productive. Even a masseuse can't massage you for two hours. Correct. The person is effective only for 30 minutes. So that's not possible, right? Absolutely. In the spectrum where you're expecting outcome, it's outcome based. So I don't subscribe to the theory. Okay. So we spoke a lot about how AI is going to impact the recruiting industry. So what are things that it cannot, where AI cannot make a difference to the recruiting process? I probably think it can never judge a good candidate. Mm-hmm. It can never build a relationship and enable conversion. Mm-hmm. It cannot give the warmth as human can give. So probably these three will should answer both to the recruiters what they need to focus on. Okay. In the near horizon, let's say a two to three year term, if you're excited about something and you're looking forward to something that AI is capable of doing, what is that? If I'm able to, you know, really imagine a world where you know, let's say in my organization, instead of running one enterprise, if I'm able to custom my enterprise, I have like probably a house around, you know, most companies should house around 60 to 65 job families. Can I have policies, procedures to a job family? Why should the finance guy and the HR guy have same policies? Why should somebody working on a call center and somebody working on analytics should have the same policies and processes? The system doesn't allow it. There's a constraint of an large ERP that won't custom allow you to treat one independent organization because you're making rules that are more administratively easier. Imagine a world I can tell a finance person that we have completely different policies and ecosystem for you. I know you have to finish your chartered accountancy. I'm okay to give you 50 days leave. I want you to be productive at this level. This is the perks and I can administer that. That's a beautiful world for for a CHR. Right? Because I don't like standardization. I think standardization is the most stupidest thing we ever end up doing because it allows economies of scale. Correct. Right? But hyper-personalization. If I can have it, it's 
you know that's very exciting so let me ask you the reverse question what is it that you dread the most with ai coming in you know i think i dread the most when i find people jumping to conclusion without even experiencing look most of the people who are commenting on chat gpt have not even done a prompt engineering course you know and all of them are coming and giving right they don't even know what is the art of possible because they assume that this is what is going to happen so when i go in depth in conversation with people i find that they have not used chat gpt even for more than four or five prompt and they concluded that this is what is going to do because it was able to write a poem about their name <laughs> and that's the level so i you know i dread the most when people are going to use this without applying themselves mm-hmm. and probably use it at scale and probably it will lead to job losses probably it will lead to half book issue right and not getting resolved and then you're going to work again on that that's why biggest dread with any kind of change in technology because the people who are having the budgets to implement know very less of it so the last one uh, swami and i think you articulated this in your previous but i'll still go ahead and ask you what is your top advice to somebody young who wants to make it big in the industry that you represent where you know business process are getting turned so look very important is i still think that anybody who young should have specialized okay into something whatever is the area of choice right and hyper specialization does not mean that you have to be an mechanic for a sir it can also be in a process level it can be in the subject matter of your choice second thing is that you have to build your relational capability probably that's where you can differentiate from a computer and and look you need not be an extrovert to build relation you can be an introvert and build good relationship that are suiting your sensibility that's a very important aspect very often misunderstood the third part is they are going to come to a different workforce with so much of different working ecosystem probably they should solve for their mental health very important aspect nobody looks into it nobody takes it seriously because most of our countries see that as a taboo but everybody is going through some form of depression some form of the same if you are able to recognize and be more self aware you are probably more included in the workforce on the other side in the company we say understand mental health to be more inclusive mm-hmm. but as an individual also try and understand what's your state of mental health and try to solve for it yourself because you can solve it better than any company trying to do that for you correct and and fourth thing is explore yourself to get diverse experience and when you are changing job don't change the job for money change the job for different experience what is it going to expose you that probably will make your profile more richer and your reasons when you explain when you get older will be more logical <laughs> i mean culmination of these four probably should do something better than what they currently do Fantastic Tom thank you very much it was one of the most excellent uh, sessions we've had in the in the podcast series and with that we come to the end of our show and a fascinating discussion about AI and recruitment and what will change for the industry uh, in the future thank you Swami once again for uh, sharing us your valuable insights and very interesting perspectives and very candid uh, perspectives and for all those who tuned in thank you very much for joining us today we hope you enjoyed the episode Join us next time for another episode as we continue to bring you the latest and the best from the recruitment world. Find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to High Side Chats today. Don't forget to leave a review behind or share on your socials. That will help us reach as many ears as possible. Stay tuned and thank you very much for your time. Thank you.